Welcome to Arts Career Evolutions by Out of the Arts. Your hosts are Beth and Amy. We will help you bridge the gap between an arts career and a career outside the arts industry. Welcome to August. I really just had this moment maybe two weeks ago where I realized we're more than halfway through the year. Isn't that crazy? I don't know how we got here. How did we get here? What are we doing? Where is the world? The good part is Broadway has reopened. That's true. With a lot of new mandates and restrictions. Yes. Which I think is probably a good thing, although I know a lot of people are up in arms. Yeah, so something about New York City is requiring vaccination yeah. Is allowing people to require vaccination cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which. Pros and cons. Yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah. I got my season tickets to TPAC, to Tennessee Performing Arts Center. So I have season tickets. I think we start in October, which is exciting. Yeah, I have mine as well for proctors up here and honestly i had forgotten because i renewed a billion months ago yeah and forgot about it and then was online buying tickets for a different show the other day and saw all of my upcoming shows and was like oh shoot i need to put these on my calendar i they were just not on my radar at all yeah yep i love it I think it's great, and we are so excited that the arts are opening back up. Um, I know that I've gone back to work part-time, so I'm in the office two days a week. Amy, I think, is in intermittently as needed. Mm-hmm. No set schedule, I don't think, for you. Nope. I work primarily from home and then really just go into the office when necessary, which is That's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So the world continues to change around us, and it is important whether you are looking for a job because you want something new or you are looking for a job because maybe your job hasn't come back yet, and that's something you're really thinking through when you're looking at jobs, being able to brand yourself. Not brand like, you know, branding cows. Not like like Nexium. Like creepy branding stuff. No, no, we're talking marketing here. We're <laughs> we're talking. We want to make sure that you stand out from the crowd, right? And that's really the goal here, because this concept of branding can be really confusing if you think about it. But you can really simplify it too. So simplified is this whole presentation of you. Now it may include a logo, like the M for McDonald's, or a color palette. The orange and white for Home Depot, which, ugh, that orange. I know, it's your favorite. I'm just, Amy is smirking. <laughs> Incidentally, that same color is my personal branding color on my resume materials. So, to you. It is. It, and it fits her and it works for her. And I think that's great. The other thing about branding is catchphrases, right? You can have it your way with Burger King. It's have it your way. Branding is all of that combined. It's it's really all of those things. And when job searching, 
Branding is something that can help you stand out, which I know everyone's looking for. How can you stand out? What is one more way that people will identify with you and really look at you and say, yes, you fit with us. It's helping you be memorable. So what are the things that make you an individual? And if you're translating art skills and arts experiences to a new industry, you definitely have skills that are different from the other people. Faux show, no doubts. You have reasons to stand out. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, we talk about logos and catchphrases and color palettes and things like this, and it seems like it shouldn't apply on a resume, right? Personal branding is a little bit different from traditional marketing branding, but personal branding is still extremely important, and all of these things do come into play in one way or another. Google says that personal branding is the conscious and intentional effort to create and influence public perception of an individual by positioning them as an authority in their industry, elevating their credibility, and differentiating themselves from the competition to ultimately advance their career, increase their circle of influence, and have a larger impact. Is this what an influencer is? In a way. (laughs) Influencers definitely have a strong brand, and that's how they become influencers. That's what people latch on to about them. But really, translation. Like, what does this all mean? This is very cut and dry and how do we make this personal personal branding is just it's who you are and what you stand for it's who you intend to grow into and how you present that message and journey to the world your brand should never be curated but it should be defined and they're two different things i was gonna say can you define like what do what do you mean by curated so curated A curated brand is something that can be fake or difficult to keep up with, right? Whereas Inauthentic? Yes, inauthentic, exactly. Whereas defined just gives clear parameters of who you are. So there's a big difference between this is who I am all the time and... This is who I think you think I am. Or this is who I think you want me to be. Exactly. Exactly. So your personal brand should not be fake. It should just be you. You want to take your passion, key traits, strengths, roll it all into a clear and concise message that defines you and separates you from the pack. And (laughs) this reminds me... Of a song from Barney. (laughs) I only barely remember Barney. I do not know why I remember this song. Because I don't remember much about Barney at all. But this song has stuck with me my entire life. And it goes like this. You are special. You're the only one. You're the only one like you. There isn't another in the whole wide world that can do the things you do because you are special, special. Everything, nope, everyone is special. Everyone in his or her own way. 
because you're special. Okay, I'm fading myself out now. But <laughs> <laughs> the point is oh. <laughs> that everyone has something that they can bring to the table. And even if you have qualities in common with someone else, you have different experiences and perspectives and ways of going about things. And all of this comes into play in personal branding. So what does this ultimately mean going back to the idea of branding as a logo and a color palette and a catchphrase and all of these marketing buzzwords? It means that you present yourself consistently through colors, style, and language. And so it helps people remember who you are and helps people feel comfortable with what you represent. I always find it fun when people represent themselves one way in social media and then you start to have a conversation with them. I mean, by fun, I mean in the most fucked up of ways, right? Like, they present themselves in one way and then you have a conversation with them and you're like, oh, oh, this is not who you are at all. Mm -hmm. And I guess some people might feel that way about me because if you just see me on social media, you think I'm a teacher. You think, you know, I am... You definitely, and you definitely have like that motivation coach, like life coach type of thing going for you. And then you talk to me and I say, fuck a lot. It's true. So, (laughs) if, uh, if, if that confuses you, I am deeply sorry. I will put fuck on social media more often. (laughs) Just for those people who are distraught about my use of that word. (laughs) Hopefully I am not that, I'm not that different in social media versus real life, but there are people who are, you know, we have influencers who social media and, and we talk about this in general. I, I think as people, how social media represents only a part of you, but jobs and job researchers and people who are hiring, they're looking at social media. Yeah. But that's only a part of you. Right. And that's just it. So social (laughs) media is just a part of you. It's uh, only a piece, but I think that that's something really easy for people to understand. It's also like if you see, when you see big dudes and then they come up to you and they're like, hey, do you want a flower? And you're like, whoa, I thought that you were going to kill me in the corner, but you're bringing me a flower? This is weird. Who are you? Setting expectations is really helpful for people to feel good about who you are and what you're bringing to the table. That's where I'm getting at. I think I took a long road to get there, but here we are. Don't scare people. (laughs) So here's an exercise for you. If you're playing matchmaker for a friend and you're only given two sentences or less to describe them, how would you go about doing that? You might pull in glimpses of their personality, hobbies, personal strengths, things like that, right? That's it. That's their brand. That's the core of who they are and the essence of who they are and how you see them and how they present themselves to other people. Oh, this kind of reminds me of when people tell their friends or their significant others, hey, if you were going to talk about me, what picture would you show to somebody? Yeah. 
Yeah, or those, um, like, psychological exercises that are, like, name your three favorite things about yourself. And then you go to friends and say, name your three favorite things about me. And they're most likely to come up with things that you didn't even realize were strengths or that people were recognizing as part of you. Oh, yeah. Right? So... If you can do that for a friend, you should also be able to do it for yourself. But if you're really stuck, have someone else do it for you and get a different perspective. Don't be afraid to reach out to family members or friends or someone you trust and say, hey, give me the elevator speech for me. What do you see as me and who I am, how I work, what I'm about? There's nothing wrong with that. Reach out to people. Absolutely. And the important thing about personal branding is basically you're putting your money where your mouth is. If you can't or you don't want to back something up, then you really probably shouldn't have it as part of your brand. This is especially important when you're writing your resume. We we talk about resumes a lot, and that's because that is your, for many people and in many situations, that's a foot in the door. If you can use social media, if you can use your LinkedIn, if you can use other forms of communication or networking to get your foot in the door, you then want to be consistent. You don't want to put your foot in the door, be super creative, you're at a conference, you're wearing bright colors, you make a friend, you send them your resume, and your resume is black and white and overly structured with not a lot of detail and very barren. You're, you're presenting yourself in two very different ways. Why would you do that? If you're using your resume as your initial walk in the door and you say you're organized, but your resume has content everywhere, is the hiring manager going to believe you? If you say in your resume, one of your skills is grammar is um, writing well, writing copy, things like that. If you, if you have great writing skills and you say that in your resume, but then you have grammar, grammarical, grammarical, grammatical, grammatical. <laughs> I was like, there's a word. It's close. <laughs> and speaking is my gift, guys. This is as good as it gets, I guess. Yeah, if you have grammatical and spelling errors... In your resume, are you accurately representing yourself? If you say that you're creative, right, where you meet somebody and you are super creative, you're super outgoing, but then your resume doesn't have any creativity in it, is that hiring manager, is that other person going to really believe you? And at the end of the day, should they believe anything that you're claiming about yourself if you can't back it up, if you can't show it? It's, It's easy to say, I... I can lead a hundred people. Okay. How? Back it up. What does that mean? Can you lead a hundred people if you're not organized? Hell no. Can you lead a hundred people if you can't write a document? Hell no. Can, right? Like you guys see where this is going. I don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole. You want to be able to uh, show what you're saying as much as say what you're saying. Both are important and both are going to be represented through your branding. 
So this branding is a part of the puzzle for representing yourself consistently, helping them see who you are and start to build that relationship. Right. So how do you establish branding? Well, we've talked about the three main... No, we haven't. It was different earlier. We've kind of talked about these three major elements, colors, language, and general presentation. Right, so colors. Right, you're not going to have a logo on your resume, per se. You're not going to have a catchphrase on your resume, per se. But you know what you can put on your resume? Colors. And there's a whole rabbit hole of color theory and color psychology that I'm not going to get into right now. But... It's important to choose your colors. If you want to go simple black and white, that's fine. That says something very specific. My resume is black, gray, and orange on a white background. Orange. And not like nice, like tangerine. or No, this is like punch you in the face orange. It is. It's a lot. And the reason for that is... Hello, that is who I am and how I work. So the colors on your resume, the colors you wear to your interview, the colors on your portfolio, they should all be consistent and they should say something. Choose them for a reason. I actually worked on a resume with a client a couple of weeks ago and I asked them, what color do you want for your resume? Now, this is a friend of mine, someone I've known for a long time. And I had an idea in my head of what would make a really great color for their resume. And she goes, I'm not really sure, but I think maybe purple. I was like, yes, purple was, is what was in my head, too, for her. Because she is someone who carries herself extremely well. She is someone who's a strong leader, but is a very empathetic and warm leader. And so purple was a great idea for her because purple kind of exudes confidence, but there's also a a softness to it that brings in that empathetic element. Whereas my bright orange just shows you that I'm like a bulldozer, but I am someone who's extremely creative and not afraid to just like jump in and get stuff done. All of these colors say something. And I went from having red as my accent color to a blue that's with a tinge of green. And it's, and it's interesting as I think back, I'm like, Thinking about how I used to be more bulldozery in my red days and have softened a lot in the last in the last five or six years. I have changed a lot, actually, which is good and bad, but just the progression of the world, I guess. And and so I think about the colors that I've used before, and I think it's normal to change what colors you're using that's really your your color scheme i think that that's kind of normal 
Absolutely. And the color that represents you or represents how you work and who you are at work and how you want to be seen as an applicant is not necessarily the same as your favorite color. They're not necessarily the same thing. I, I do love orange, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite color anymore. It's not a color that I wear all that often. It's not a color that I decorate with all that much, but it is definitely a color that I identify with, which is a very different thing. Um, I'm sorry. If orange isn't your favorite color, what is your favorite color? Who are you? <laughs> what did you do with Amy? I'm so confused. Well, orange, I think orange is my favorite color that represents me. But when it comes to decorating or wearing, I would say my favorite color is more of like a teal or turquoise. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Although I get the most compliments when I wear red. Mm. But I have some cognitive dissonance with that. I don't like red. <laughs> I'm glad we're friends. <laughs> yeah. oh. As we as we're sitting here and recording, I'm looking at a gift that Beth got me almost 15 years ago that is we went to the Corning Museum of Glass and she bought me this glass lily that is orange with like red spots on it. Because we thought it was cute because it represents us. It was like a friendship lily. And it is still at the centerpiece of my hearth in my living room. But that's it's, who... It's survived a long time. It has. I mean, the stem is broken. There, there are a lot of broken pieces to it. But it still works overall. And um, it's gone through a lot. But... I think it's funny because it is kind of representative of our friendship. And, but, but 12, what, 13, 13 years, 13, 14, 14 years ago. I don't know. Ago. We're not doing that math. 14 years ago. I'm not doing it. Nope. <laughs> that's fine. Red and orange. That's who we were. We yeah. were red and orange. And we're slightly less red and slightly less orange now. There are more colors and different we'll colors. We'll have to go back. Yeah, but but we were red and orange at the time. The people in the arts industry who are really great with this color scheme and uh, coming up with colors for branding and this visual look these are going to be your lighting designers and your scenic designers or anyone in either of those categories. So your scenic artists, your painters, your props, masters, your lighting designers, all of these people are going to be really good at this. So if you are not sure what is a good color for you, you find your friend who does these things. Find Anyone who's even close and ask. Because these are the people who are really good with branding. Because this is their jam. Right. And so they, if you need they help really, and you need to call a friend, call that. Yeah. They really understand how to set a mood with colors, right? That's their entire job. Yeah. So, 
Definitely. So colors is where you start. Number two is looking at your language. What language are you using and how do you keep it consistent? Start with your elevator speech. What is it? Why are you great for this position? And what skills do you have that make you great? So what do you, why do you want it? I want to do X because I'm great at this and this, and I'm looking to do Y. So I'm looking to help your company grow through blah, 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 blah. Right. Come up with your elevator speech. Figure out those one or two sentences, 30 seconds of speaking max. Figure this out. What is this for you? And then use those words consistently. Use them through your resume. Use them through your cover letter. Use them in your interview questions. We all can expect certain interview questions when we're interviewing. Things like, why are you leaving the industry? Things like, what do you want to do with this position? Things like, what is your experience and why? So these are all kinds of the questions you can expect. There's so much more than that, but this is a good starting point. So with that in mind, figure out those answers where you can, again, pull in that language. Keep it consistent. Yeah, and then depending on how you design your resume, you can turn that into essentially a sort of catchphrase. Or if you have a portfolio or if you have letterhead or if you have a website or any of these things this is how you can break it down this is the core of who I am and they should be everywhere and you should be able to back them up everywhere in different ways that is who you are that's the language you use and not just the words you use but how you say it too I mean we all have how we speak and how we write And how we write to friends via text versus how we write to coworkers via email, right? We all have different voices and different styles depending on our audience. But there should always be a little bit of you in it. If you have a big, bright, sunny personality and you sound like a robot in your writing style then that's not you. If you, who was it, Beth? Oh, remember when we had Claire Friday on? We talked to Claire because she has this bubbly, sunny personality. And she was so concerned about putting herself in a box to write a cover letter. So we said to her, don't put yourself in a box. Yeah. Write what you want to write. You write these articles for all of these different magazines and blogs. So write a blog about yourself as your cover letter. Bam. That's who you are. So the style can reflect who you are just as much as the language, too. And then... You want to tie it all together in your general presentation. So do you need to be a super straight-laced, formal, clean-lined employee? 
Or is this a creative position where they're looking for you to bring new ideas, dreams, expand the horizon? Are you working in business development? Are you working in marketing and PR? Are you working in an administrative or customer service position? Are you leadership? Are you training? Are you, what are you doing? All of these positions have different responsibilities and that can be reflected in your job search and your materials. And then you want to bring that to the interview too. I am someone who is not afraid to show up to an interview with my nose pierced and my Monroe piercing and tattoos on my arms and cartilage piercings and bright colored hair and things like that because that is who I am and how I present myself. I like to wear bright lipstick. I like to have a lot of contrast and I want someone who, as an employer, who's going to understand two things about me. One, that orange resume girl is showing up to the table and that means something. I have a lot to say and I'm not afraid to say it. And if you're afraid of orange resume girl, then we're not going to work well together. But on top of that... It also tells me when an employee, rather, when an employer is not afraid of how I present myself with these bright, bold colors and looks, that they understand that I'm going to show up to the table and work hard and go hard regardless of what I'm wearing or how I look. And that reflects my own values and ideals. And so then I'm attracting the people and the jobs that fit me as well as me fitting them. So all of this ties together in a really important way. Personal branding is not just something you should have because they say you should have it. Personal branding is something you should have because you want to make sure that you are working with the right people and in the right jobs that are right for you. Yeah, I think that was a problem. The first job I had with the state is I was so straight-laced, and it helped me get the job, which was important to move to Tennessee, and it helped me find the next job, which I've really enjoyed. But at the same time, that first job when I was here was not the right fit. And it wasn't the right fit because it was very much, here are the things you do, go do them, instead of... What can you create? What can you build? What can you grow? What can you, what can you do? It was here are your 10 tasks. And coming from a position where I was running a department at a college, I, I, you can't hand me a to-do list and say, okay, check the boxes. I'm not, I'm not a box checker. <laughs> I, I need, that's not, fuck. Yep. Like, I, oh, how to kill my soul. Right. Right, exactly. And and this next job, me and Amy were kind of talking about this before the interview, even though I'm now in a very suit and tie kind of department, I think I showed up with 
navy blue and yellow patterned pants and a navy blue shirt. Uh, so it was somewhere between I'm I'm in I look professional. I have my shit together. But here's my bright ass colors because if you think I'm going to be boring, you're going to be sorely mistaken. Sorry about it. Mm-hmm. And it's really worked out. I mean, my boss is, we're very similar humans, which is good and bad, as you can imagine. <laughs> it's, it is character building for everyone involved. <laughs> but it's nice because she also has this arts background. So I know that as we, as I work with her, we already had this basic understanding of work because we both came from the theater world. So it was really cool that even though I presented one way, she saw through that, which is why I love anytime you can interview or anytime you can make connections with other people who have arts backgrounds. It's, it's so nice to do that because they're, we already have that basic understanding of each other. Yes, absolutely. It's the same with my current job. And we talked about it on our podcast previously with Rachia Turner and how her arts background helped her understand who arts people are and what they can bring to the table even in non-arts positions in the legal profession. And she's talked about how she wants to hire more people with arts backgrounds because she feels that they work hard and they're loyal and they're good with people and they understand big picture and details and they're just good employees to have. She gets it. So it's really great that we're, or I should say it's really lucky that we both have those experiences and those employers right now who understand orange resume girl and yellow pants girl (laughs) (laughs) And, and what we can bring to the table and not be afraid of it. Yeah. So branding matters. Branding matters for relationships. Branding matters to get your foot in the door and not just crack open the door, but put your foot in it and say, yes, I'm here. It's important to show that consistency and you can do that through your colors, language, and general presentation. Use these tips to try and tighten up your presentation for yourself to the outside world. How are you presenting yourself and how can you make that cleaner for the people that you're presenting to? As always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to come join the conversation at outofthearts.com and on social media at outofthearts. If you like today's podcast, please make sure to subscribe, share, and tune in next time. Arts Career Evolutions podcast was created, written, and produced by Beth Partham and Amy Shake. Because we are super excited to flaunt our awesome transferable skills in any way we can. Speaking of, audio engineering by Beth Partham and music by Amy Shake. Because... As long as we're still paying on our student loans, you better bet we're going to keep using our degrees in the way they were intended. Arts Career Evolutions podcast is copyrighted by Out of the Arts LLC 2021.